boom shagalaka. Here we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, legendary peeps, check this out. I have the beautiful smile of Melissa <laughs> May, is it May or May? May? May in the house right now. And for the last, I don't know, 15 minutes, we've been talking about spirituality, we've been talking about traveling, we've been talking about just life. And this girl is deep. She's not just a personal development coach. She's not just a yoga instructor. Uh, not, not just an amazing, beautiful lady, but she is, uh, she is soulful. And this is what this <laughs> podcast you. is all about, getting soulful, getting deep into who we are and expressing ourselves on the truest level. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, we're going to spend the next uh, 45 and an hour getting into the mind of Melissa. And yeah, uh, she's recently come back from India, Indonesia, and uh, she's got some amazing knowledge to drop. So let's get straight into it. This is the Crucial Journey Podcast. Let's do it. Oh! <laughs> You put water into a bottle. Alright, this is my little intro. It's a little uh, It becomes the bottle. You put water into a bottle. It becomes the bottle. You put in the teapot. It becomes the teapot. Alright, let's do it. Melissa, I love your smile. It's awesome. But people don't want to just see your smile. They want to hear you drop some knowledge right now. <laughs> um, Melissa, we're talking about, well, we're talking about you. How over the last couple of years, you've really taken a transition into life and, well, into broadening your understanding of who you are and and reality and you asked me what my religion was and I told you I don't really have a religion and I'm gonna throw yeah. that question back at you <laughs> what is what's your worldview how do you feel about life how do you feel about God how do you feel about your purpose and uh, start with a big question say Chris <laughs> start off with a big question yeah I I've gone through a really uh, big up and down journey with religion and with who I am and I've dabbled into um, Catholicism Christianity Buddhism and I think that through my travels and through actually getting deeper into religions, you can start to understand so much that they're all the same. And so when people ask me today, do I believe in God? Yes. Mm. Um, I may not, it's not about one God, one image, one deity, but it's, it's about that there's something bigger than us out there. And I believe that lives within me and it lives within you and every other living being. So... That's yeah. what I would refer to as spirituality. Yeah. And I know a lot of people get annoyed when they hear people say that. What, what the hell is spiritual, man? I mean, that doesn't even mean anything, but yeah. I would define it just like you did, that you believe in something greater in your, than yourself. I've heard um, great people define it as something that puts you in touch with the sacred, mm. the, the idea that you connect it to something. There's this Japanese word for it. I think it's called yugun. It's like when you look into space and you see this majesty of the universe, you can't define it in words, but upon looking at it, you understand that there is something there. And if yeah. you want to find that as God, Allah, Krishna, Buddha, unifying yeah. field, it doesn't matter. And that's my attitude. Yeah. And it's tough because I know people like you, you, you come from a Catholic upbringing. Yep. You bring something like that to your, your parents you, and they'll, no, no, that's, that's not an answer. You must believe in the Heavenly Father and that is all there is. <laughs> I recently had a conversation with my folks, you know, during the Christmas time and whatnot, and they're deeply religious, deeply spiritual. My parents gave up a long time ago trying to convert me, but one of my other relatives came back from came from Ghana to visit us, and within the first ten minutes, he started going about. So uh, the first time you were in, the last time you were in Ghana, Krishna, you were uh, you had not gone into, you had not come to the ways of Christ, and I'm hoping that you were on a better, you're doing better now. And he's like. Well, I'm not doing, I mean, I am doing better, but I'm not religious. Thank you. What do you mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I wanted to ask you, because, um, I mean, I, I recently started doing yoga, mm-hmm. which I know that you, you obviously hugely into. Yeah. And I told him that, I mean, amongst many things, I told him that I, I'd recently started doing yoga, and I, I feel like it's a really good way of, of relaxing, calming you, and they completely rejected that, that idea. That, because I think a lot of people associate yoga with Hindu, the Hindu faith, from a Christian mindset, it's something which is not, it is, it's for heathens, it's a, it's not considered to be uh, spirit, truly of Christ, and I was wondering what your attitude is on that, like how you would deal with someone that you're trying to introduce yoga to, but it's coming from this Christian paradigm, because I would have thought that it doesn't always have to be connected to spirituality, but I know the way that you, t- you teach yoga, like, yeah. perhaps you could tell us a bit about what yoga is to you, and, and how... Like you, you might convince people coming from a different <laughs> mindset. I, I teach traditional yoga. Okay. And yoga, people in the West believe yoga is a physical practice with a spiritual component where um, in reality it's actually a spiritual practice with a physical component. So okay. yes, it rooted in India. Yes, it has you know that philosophy behind it. But yoga is really, um, in a literal sense, it means union. And what you're uniting with is your true self. So 
um, on, in that sense, there's no one religion that fits to it, fits for everybody. It's mm-hmm. about taking that time for you to be with just you. Um, so not all the roles that you play in your life as a husband, as a wife, as a friend. It's actually in those moments where you're just yourself and you can just be with yourself. So I don't think it's um, it's a religious practice at all. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because yeah. I know a lot of people in this day and age, they're all about, I want to do yoga to look, uh, to look pretty and... and <laughs> And kind of a, obviously you want to get in shape. It's more of a, a materialistic mindset. You're basically trying to get your physique into a, a level where you can you can have greater impact in your life. Yeah, and attract more pretty guys and that kind of stuff. I, I don't know what, what it yeah, is. Yeah, but yoga it, it does those things. At the end of the day, the, the postures and the asanas are going to create. Mm-hmm. It's amazing for every system in your body. So absolutely, you're going to have a leaner, more toned body. Um, you're going to feel great. Um, just know that there's a deeper element to it and you may not go into yoga with that deeper element initially but um, yeah you might find that you actually enjoy that meditative side but yeah yeah absolutely physical benefits are there absolutely yeah. have you heard of um I think it's uh, I always mix this guy's name I think it's um Richard Brant, um Richard Brant or something like that he's this comedian that has become really popular the last couple of years and okay. he's a huge practitioner of yoga and mm. I, I would th- I would say that his support of it has basically just skyrocketed the uh, endorsement for yoga by at least another 10 percent you know but I <laughs> even for you is that yeah you I, I actually watched this uh, this video of him promoting it, and I'm like man I gotta do it I gotta do it because the, the guy is so calm like he you really get a sense that he's in touch with who he is mm. and he's very relaxed and calm and he said that look if you if you um, if if you're completely fine with the way you are with things and you, you know you, you don't find yourself stressed out then you know that's fine. But if you're yeah. the kind of person that is is struggling with life, you you find yourself getting anxious, which I do. I mean, I come from a performing environment, so I um, when you're on stage, things like that, sometimes you get stage fright, and anything I can do to calm my nerves is always good. Yeah. So um yeah, I was like, hey, I, I gotta get more into this. Yeah. Let me start doing yoga seriously. <laughs> and maybe it's placebo, I don't know, but I do feel like a more sense of ground groundedness. Mm. I'm simply just exercising, like stretching. Sorry, I feel like um by doing that after you finish, you just feel like you've released the tension. I, I believe that yeah. like when you're exercising, in a sense, you're exercising like an exorcism. Exorcism. Yeah. This is what this is the plain <laughs> words. You're exercising these uh, neurotic holding patterns within your body. I've heard this guy explain it like this. So these negative energies, yeah. if you want to call it that. And by yeah. stretching, by exercising mm. these uh, these demons, it's allowing your body to be more at whole. Yeah. That's and it. Uh, yeah, I just I love it. I recently started doing it, and I'm I'm more interested in doing it on more of a spiritual sense, which yeah. you're obviously talking about. And uh, yeah, yeah. Are, are you still doing your your personal training? Because I know you come from a very fitness oriented mindset, right? Yeah, I came, I've been a personal trainer um, prior to yoga and yoga was just something for me on the side. And the deeper I've delved into yoga, the more I realized that that is the gift that I want to give to people. Um, it's made the biggest impact on my life on on every level, not just physical, but emotionally and mentally. So my personal training as such, um, I've incorporated it with my yoga. So mm-hmm. I lost all the heavy weights, um, just bringing everything back to basics. Um, just you, your own body weight. I believe everything we need is in here and okay. we need to go in here to get it. Yeah. That's a major uh, shift because <laughs> I've been watching all of these videos of you doing these uh, squats <laughs> and doing weights. I'm like, damn, Melissa is the, uh, the personification of personal development and training. I mean, she's at this 24-7 and, <laughs> and she's pushing it. And, and but now don't you... get me wrong, I think there is such a... There's such a place for it and it's not saying that I'll never train like that. Mm -hmm. It's just, for me, yoga, it's just yoga is my passion. So if I'm going to be giving something to somebody and what I want to give to the world, it's got to be that. Absolutely. And I guess when you talk about tension, when you do train with heavy weights, um, you're tight, you're stiffer. Um, Mm. And that is the blockage of your vital energy through your body. So in a sense, I know if I'm going to lift too many heavy weights, I'm going to have a problem with my meditation, full stop. So I weigh it up and I go, okay, maybe I'm not going to lift because I really, my meditation is really important to me. That's an interesting way of looking at it because it's, I guess most people would look at exercise and it's hard to see any downsides to it. But when you're doing that kind of exercise, your bodybuilding, there are obviously downsides. I mean, like you're saying, um, it's blocking your vital energies. Uh, I mean, I, I, from my experience, I don't know, but I found for a fact that when I, I work out more, like for, for a good part of last year, I was 
doing a lot of, I mean, I don't always look it because I don't do a lot of phys- big weights, but I, I'd be doing a You're lot of, uh, thanks, thanks, Melissa, you hear that everyone, Melissa just said I'm looking pretty good, hear that, <clears throat> but um, seriously, I, I, was, I was working out quite a fair amount, and I, I got up to about 90 kilograms, mm. and I found that, first of all, I would, I would get really sleepy, like, because I feel like you're using more energy. Um, it would it would take a, about an hour away from um, uh, the, the the sleep that I needed, so mm. I basically need to sleep more. And ever since I, I noticed this, because ever since I started doing yoga, I found I found that I don't need to go to bed as early as I, I used to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just feel more relaxed. I mean, granted, I don't aesthetically look as uh, as, as pleasing. You know what I mean? But um, that's the thing. It's um. Normal exercise, you've got to think every day you're working, the mind is working, this mm-hmm. is energy spent. You're using energy all day. When you hit the gym, you're still spending energy. Yes, gym is a great thing to do, mm-hmm. absolutely, but you need to know that the reality is you're spending energy. Whereas yoga, you're actually accumulating energy and preserving energy. So that's why you finish a yoga session and you never feel exhausted and tired Mm. um, whereas at the gym you will and there's a place for both but if you spend your entire day spending energy spending 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 and not actually accumulating energy you're going to feel lethargic you're going to feel tired and it's just getting that balance between um, your gym and the other things you love doing or your work life and how how do you get energy in Mm -hmm. even if that is going for a walk or um you know, spending the time reading a book, it's got to, you've got to have downtime, downtime in the day. Yeah. Absolutely. And did you have this enthusiasm for yoga before you went overseas on your trip? Because I'm not sure if the change took place there or, because it <laughs> sounds like you, you finalized the, the yoga course in India, but I'm, I presume you'd been doing this for quite some time beforehand. Yeah, I was doing yoga just for myself before going and I realized what it, what it did for me, my, my mindset and I thought, you know what, there's something about this. And I'm a person who never wants to stop learning and growing. And I thought, this is the next step. I've got to delve deeper into this this realm. What is this yoga? What is it really? Like, not just attending a little yoga class and doing some stretches. And so, yeah, packed up my stuff and thought, you know what, I'm heading to India, um, motherland, where it's all from, and to see what it's all about. And so that was the motivation behind the trip. It all came down to yoga. It was actually it, yoga. Yoga in the sense of knowing what it meant is in connecting with my true self. And I think that um, to a sense that we're all, we all want to get to our true, our true nature. So mm-hmm. yeah, and experience that more often. So off I went. That's awesome. I was following your blog. Uh, you, I, I love the fact that you, you kept a record of everything that was going on through, uh, was it, what was it, the six, six or seven, four, four months that you spent yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think the first thing I, I remember checking out was you being really, really ill. I'm like, oh no, poor Melissa <laughs> is not doing well. And what was the story behind that? I mean, it was, it was, that was actually not in India. So I took um, one month yeah, yeah. in Indonesia and that first part of the trip was purely holiday. That wasn't, yeah, that was before my intense three months in India. And I just got a parasite as people do in Bali yeah, and a ended thing. up in hospital uh, and yeah. How serious was it? I've heard about that stuff. It, yeah, lucky for fun. me, yeah, I was in hospital for, I don't know, five days or something, but um, it actually ended up coming back when I was in India. The parasite didn't leave my body, so I was back Damn. back on it again. Man, those Indonesians got to get themselves some better antibiotics <laughs> or shit. What, what, what happened there? <laughs> Must have eaten something, eaten something or drank something, but that's just the way it goes. Yeah. But I rocked up to the ashram, actually, my first day in the ashram, and I had just had that second dosage, second round of this parasite, and mm-hmm. my stomach was, this is absolutely no exaggeration, almost like I was about to give birth at a nine month stage and I walked in and I've got photos. I'm happy to share them with you, Chris. Oh my God. But um, I said to my Swami, who's my teacher there, I said, look at my stomach. This is what I've come from. I'm petrified to eat your food here in India. I'm really sorry. It's no offense, but I've got this stomach problem and I was so scared that something's just going to go wrong here. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, have faith in me, have faith in in this place and eat the food that's here it is made with love it is pure it is blessed and these words to me initially were like okay dude no matter how much praying you do over that food if that shit that's where my mind's going to yeah then i'm gonna get sick okay yeah. and, but i was like okay be positive okay and in that moment i just thought i'm sitting there eating with my hands on the ground and i'm thinking this is so unhygienic and i'm looking at the kitchen that the food's cooked in and there's 
spiderwebs and dirt and dust and I've gone, mm. oh God. And in that moment, it was sort of my first lesson to really, to really have faith and surrender. And if I'm going to be taught by this man, I need to have full faith. And um, I just changed my mindset, started eating everything he was giving me, like fresh cow's milk from a cow that's around the corner. And it was like still warm. And I was like, oh God. But surprisingly enough, my whole stomach healed completely, completely. That is, that's freaking amazing. And I, I would love to be able to have the same kind of open-mindedness that you do. But I, I'm, my, my left brain, my rational mind is kind of going, what the frack? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're in a situation where you're about to give birth to a baby parasites over here. <laughs> and this guy's you're telling you to, uh, to eat more food in a, in, a, in a foreign country that's probably ridden with parasites that it's you're not. It's just like there's no choice. So it's like <laughs> I, I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm here for. Yeah. You can resist it all you like or just surrender to it. And that's- and yeah, I think that's my entire experience in the ashram was about really surrendering and um, giving yeah. and having faith in, in something other than myself. <laughs> that's a powerful mindset to have and I, I, I truly believe that. Um, I, I think uh, on the other side though, I always believe in, in the idea that you, you need to keep an open mind, but not so much that you get an open infection. <laughs> and there are some ideas, like if someone gave me... Um, a drink of alcohol. Let's add 20, 30% alcohol. And it's like, don't worry, Krishna, I bless this alcohol. It's very good for you. You drink, you make you very spiritual. Um, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what you're telling. I know. And me thinking that it's, it's going to be good for me. I don't know if it's going to prevent me from getting drunk and somehow impeding my judgment to the extent where I do something stupid. You know what I mean? I know. And, I, I, I try to be a realist. I try to be open-minded yeah. as well. I think yeah. it's all about finding that balance. Yeah. And it's tricky. One of the things that came to my mind when you're talking about the whole parasites thing is a lot of people don't realize, but obviously the parasites that we have in this country we're very much used to, but you go to a, a foreign country. I mean, this has killed thousands, populations in the past. You have a look at the... Uh, <laughs> Um, the the American Indians, I think, or not the American Indians, but the Incas. This is when um, uh, I, uh, Cortez, his people actually went to uh, the foreign lands. Basically, they killed so many people, not just by killing people, by the parasites that they brought to that country. It wiped out so many people. And this is what <laughs> happened, because the people in that other country weren't familiar with the parasites there, yeah. their immune systems couldn't handle it, and it destroyed right. them. People, I guess, need to be aware that when they're going overseas, you need to make sure that first of all you you have the right medication. You're on antibiotics and yeah, because yeah, it's like a completely different um, environment that your system is not aware of, and yeah. there's only so much praying that you can do. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> I just it was at that point. There's no to live in the ashram to actually go through the experience that I'd signed up for and paid for. Mm-hmm. You need to eat the food in the ashram, gotcha. and and yeah, I was just like that or leave. And I thought. Do you know what? Because you can't leave the ashram in the time that you're in the program. Uh, it's really intense and you're really... Um, so that was my choices. And I thought, do you know what? I got sick not in the ashram. I got sick somewhere else. Yeah. And um, he's telling me, don't worry, this food's amazing. We're very... And I said, all right, I'm yeah. doing it. I mean, it seems like a, a rational And I'm decision, glad I did, you know. <laughs> I just would have thought that the first thing you would have done is like going to a hospital to check what was going on with your, your pregnant parasite baby. I did. They just said it's just swelling from the parasite. And I had so many antibiotics. And gotcha. I avoid any drugs as much as I could, but being in hospital, they were just putting them through the drip. I was taking them orally. I was taking maybe three doses of antibiotics at the same time, three times a day. So my stomach was just in havoc. Absolutely. It's a tricky one because I've heard a lot of people with your your mindset, which I call the hippie mindset. It's actually a really (laughs) beautiful one about not wanting to take any parasites, but the reality of the... Sorry, not parasites, antibiotics rather. And Without a doubt, antibiotics, don't get me wrong, they're very powerful, really good stuff, but they're also really bad as well. I mean, they're killing bad bacteria as well as healthy bacteria. And a lot of the times, I've heard so many people, credible people talk about it, after taking antibiotics, they've had other problems. Um, Their gut has never, it's taken a long time for their gut to to reach the the right level, equilibrium, whatever the hell that means. But I guess it's um, it's something that you want to avoid if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It just, you know, from day day one when we're little babies, I mean, mm. it's normal to go to the GP and it's normal to take, oh, I've got a bit of an earache, a bit of this, taking them. But what people don't understand, it's completely um, lowering your strength of your immune system. And mm. if that continues, you're going to be reliant on, on those drugs your whole life. And, you know, the body, the body that's looked after has 
everything it needs here. It knows how to heal itself. It's way smarter than we think. Absolutely. And if we can listen to it and give it what it needs, it's mainly our diets that are causing us to have low immune systems that we can't fight our own problems. So eat healthy, do the right thing, and you don't need to take drugs. Absolutely. It sounds (laughs) so simple. And I think most people are aware of it, but it's just too easy to take all this shitty food that we have. It's Mm. like, man, damn, Coca-Cola tastes so good. Even though it's full of aspartame and it's it's full of sugar, it's going to make you fat. It's, it's so intoxicating, but I think you, just like you can train your, your body as a personal trainer to, uh, to become more able to deal with hard weights and uh, do more reps and run faster, you can train your taste buds to, uh, to enjoy eating foods which you're not usually inclined to eat. Yeah. And I think um, it's definitely something that's worth doing because one thing I've come to realize over the last couple of years, uh, a while back I lost my health, like horrible, you know? and. At the time, I was also competing, doing a lot of other stuff, and mm. you realize how important health is. I mean, obviously, we have all these goals, but the thing is, health is the one thing that is, is depend. all your goals, rather, are dependent on health, mm. and it, once you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Yeah. So, it's... A, it's very true, and we don't, we don't miss it until it's gone. We absolutely take it for granted. But, absolutely. Um, yeah, health to me is... Nothing is possible without health. Mm. You can't even... It, that's the definition of success to me is mm. if I'm healthy mentally, physically, on all levels, that's, yeah. that's success to me. So I don't, I kind of even enjoy anything else if my health is, absolutely, yeah, it's not there. And as far as yoga goes, does it, does it fall into the different aspects of your life as for instance, how to eat, how to, um, to, to nurture your relationships with your friends and family, that kind of stuff? Mm. Um, yes. It's, it's interesting that you say that because yoga is not actually just a physical practice so there is five components of yoga and to say that you are a yogi or to say that you practice yoga you actually need to practice all five components and only the postures are only one component so the other components are proper breathing proper relaxation a proper diet and um, meditation and um, positive thinking so unless you are practicing all then you're technically not doing yoga yeah, yeah, it's a holistic approach and diet is really, really important because, it, I mean, the whole point is to have a healthy mind, healthy body, mm-hmm. um, and you can't achieve that if you're filling your body with toxins and crap. Yeah. That's really profound because I would have thought when someone says a yogi, it's like, man, they're like, have magic powers super flexible, and make them, yeah, super flexible. And then, you know, can sit and meditate but, for, you know, no. No, but there are obviously <laughs> different components and you have to make sure that you, you're apt in all of those different components and... Yeah. Uh, as far as the uh, the diet thing goes, because one thing I, I really found fascinating was the, the food that you're eating apparently was so wholesome and so so pure. And uh, I mean, is that is that something that they encourage in in, in the ashram and also for the yoga practitioners? I mean, what, if you had to give people an outline as to what a yoga like diet would be would consist of. <laughs> How yeah, would you explain a, that? A yogic diet, uh, yogic diet. is a vegetarian, uh, no animal products at all, and they, for, for many, many reasons, they suggest a vegetarian diet, mm. and it's just no crap, so nothing processed, of course, no sugars, um, everything is pure and wholesome, so they do eat a lot of grains and um, beans and sprouts and shitloads of vegetables, yeah. and everything we're eating in the ashram, you know... I never in my whole life have had food made from scratch like that. So we would have rice noodles and I'd watch them twist the machine and pull out the noodles. They're making the noodles, you know, from scratch. And it it was amazing and really healthy. But, you know, having said that, you don't need to be a vegetarian to, you know, delve into yoga. I think that it's too extreme for someone from the West if you eat meat like most of us do Mm. and you know eat your biscuits or eat some chocolate you can't cut it all out like that so it's small small steps always yeah absolutely I'm guessing it's just about keeping it as close to nature as you can and minimizing the pollution as much as you can I mean obviously it's it's hard in this day and age unless of course you're really taking upon yourself to avoid any processed foods and Mm. have everything completely organic but it just makes common sense that the cleaner your food is I, I personally believe that we aren't what we take into ourselves, not just what we eat, but the thoughts, the the ideas that we're assimilating. And I mean, you think about your physical body and all the cells in our body, our bones are made from the the cells within the foods that we're putting in ourselves. If you're eating shitty foods, uh, uh, processed McDonald's burgers and all of this Mm. nonsense, 
uh, genetically modified, I don't know, that's another whole, you know, can of worms, but if it's not quality, obviously it's going to be doing a shitty job yeah. transforming into the cells that you need to function this vessel that you're using to experience the physical world. Absolutely. I mean, people sit there and they wonder why they, A, firstly people go to, why do I look the way that I do in terms of if mm. they have, you know, extra fat they want to lose and they also look at it, you know, why do I feel the way I do? Maybe why am I not always happy? And you need to eat food that's alive because it has energy. So the, the more alive the food are, the more alive you'll be. The deader the food, the deader you'll be. That is such a powerful and esoteric truth. And I I, I feel like it, it should be just, it should be taught to people like yeah. in grade one or something like that. Yeah. The, the, the more food is alive. I mean, on a microbiological level, we know this. Yeah. On a, you don't even have to go into French science to look at this stuff. But one thing that blew my mind that I watched a few years ago, right? Like this whole concept of, Food is alive, right? Yeah. And we know this. Obviously, I mean, you, you stick electrodes up to a plant and you, they can actually measure the way they react. But there is this thing called Curlian photography, all right? Now, a lot of people may hear this that are familiar with these circles and they're like, oh, I don't trust that stuff, but it's legit. It's basically a form of photography that is using a higher voltage and is able to see a higher spectrum. So you can have a look at not just the what we can see without our spectrum of light, but it's looking at something at a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. And it's represented in a way where you can see, like, when you look at, let's say, a carrot, right? Let's say a cooked carrot compared to an organic carrot. Yeah. It, it's crazy. It's like a cartoon. You, the, the organic carrot is, like, ch is more charged up. Yeah, it's like yeah. looking at a cartoon character. Yeah, I haven't seen this. I'd and, love to see it. Oh, um, you know what? I might, I might see if I, one of the things I like to do on this thing, right, is, um, I mean, I can actually switch to uh, my computer and show people what it would look like on YouTube. But basically... You can see the difference between different types of food. Cooked food, food that is not cooked, organic yeah. food, food that is not cooked. And the actual kind of, life and the energy that's Absolutely. It, yeah. But we don't even need to go into um, Korean photography. And there are more advanced forms of it. There's mm. GDP photography, which apparently works on the quantum level, right? Mm. But even from a microbiological level, we know that there are distinctions between food that is cooked and food that is... Uh, is organic, like mm. the different levels of aliveness. And there are plants are freaking alive. I mean, sure Absolutely. they don't have a nervous system as far as their, their ability to perceive pain, react to, uh, to, to pain like animals do, but the yeah. fact that they're alive, and it, it makes sense, like if a human body was freaking, this sounds really sick, and I'm kind of just realized <laughs> I'm speaking to beautiful Melody here, so I'm not sure if I want to go into this, but. Go into it, Chris. All right, well, <laughs> if obviously you were a bunch of cannibals in New Zealand or some one of these one of these uh, countries from yeah. you know, thousands of years ago, you, you probably want to eat, <laughs> If you're eating people, you want to eat them like at least a few days or hours after you've killed them. Not like, what, seeing what happens to bodies after a few days, they yeah. become putrefied, disgusting. <laughs> and when things are dead, it's just not good for you to ingest them. I mean, it's, humans are obviously alive, plants are alive. There's no the distinction. The minute you cut off the life force in a plant or in an animal, it starts to die. There's less and less, it's starting to rot ultimately. So you want to eat. You want to eat preferably, you know, fruit that's off a tree or fruit that's, you know, as close to that time that it's picked, you want to eat it. And that's obviously not possible, but you, you want to try to buy the freshest fruit you can get, the freshest Absolutely. vegetables. And when it, if you're going to eat meat, eat it fresh, get it organic and find somewhere that can give you, yeah, give you proper meat instead of that supermarket crap that's been sitting and packaged in plastic for days and days and days because there's... It's, not a lot left in that. <laughs> it's true. It's tricky to do. I mean, do you consider yourself to be pretty good when it comes to what you're eating, Mel? Yeah, um, I've been on a massive journey with food. It's probably been one of my biggest challenges. Okay. I, um, I'm a total sweet tooth, so I would totally indulge in chocolate. So chocolate ice cream is my thing, and yeah, if I'm not mentally, you know, at Food is a, is, a mental, is a mental problem. So mm -hmm. it's not actually, you're not really addicted to the food. People eat for comfort reasons or they're bored or this and that. And I think for me, yeah, just actually when I fixed my mindset, mm -hmm. the eating came along with it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just wanted to show people, um, currently in photography, Ooh. what we're talking about before. I want to see if I can get some images of what it looks like when you're looking at different organisms under Curlian photography. Just see if we can... I'm kind of just trying to dig up something over here. Curlian photography in the world of Curlian photography. These videos give an insight into Curlian photography. That's one finger. But, you know, look, lots of things going on here. Yeah, I'll just hold up. I thought of a better example. There's this classic video. Um, 
It's called A Beautiful Life. It talks about this guy's transition, very much like yourself now, into a new diet, healthier way of living. Beautiful um, mind. Uh, I think it's called yeah, Beautiful. That's right, A Beautiful Truth. And there's a section on Korean photography. And I just really want to give people an insight into how there is such a huge distinction between organic food and, yeah, here we go. No, it doesn't look right. No, more hippie stuff. Uh, the tricky thing is getting this stuff on the uh, on the fly. Let me just have one more shot. A beautiful truth. It's spelling error in the beautiful. Yeah, yeah let me try that one over here. Any luck will be able to get into that. So, um, you were talking about the whole vegetarian diet before. Um, have you kind of made a transition into that? How are you? You slowly kind of cutting away the bad foods. What What's happening there? Ah, uh, that's yeah, that's interesting. I had no intention to be vegetarian, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with people eating meat at the moment. I've been off meat for so long that my body hasn't yet wanted meat, so I've just let that be and if the time comes that my body wants me then we'll see that but at the moment I'm very happy being vegetarian so. that's freaking <laughs> how long have you been vegetarian for uh since probably it's what four months now yeah can i give you a fist bump i would give you a hug <laughs> right now but I, I i try not to uh be too biased towards um people that eat meat you know I, I try to be very diplomatic with this kind of stuff i have been a lover of animals ever since I, I was like seven, eight, hit the age of like reason. And it's just, yeah. me was more of an emotional reason, but I've found that I've actually felt a lot better um, having that diet. I mean, mm -hmm. I used to compete, um, you know, athletics, that kind of stuff, nationals. And I, people have always perpetuated this idea that you vegetarians have weak muscles, man. I'm like, nonsense, man. You have vegetarians that are performing on high levels. I mean, one of the top 10 bodybuilders, Bill Pearl, is a, is a vegetarian. And um, a lot of vegan uh, fighters and all mm. that kind of stuff. And I mean, over the last uh, year and a bit, I've taken on more of a vegan diet. Okay. And it's, um, I mean, I find as far as my sinuses go, it has had yeah. a, a huge impact on that. I don't have any sinus problems mm -hmm. anymore. And yeah, on an emotional level, I just feel like I, I have more, um, I, I, just, just for me personally, mm. I just feel more at peace with myself mm. taking on that kind of diet. But, you know, I was trying to bring up some images of Korean photography. I think the viewers might be able to see what I'm getting out of here, but couldn't find anything that good. But bottom line is, you really can't see a distinction when you're looking at different organisms. There's this awesome video, I'll put it on the links to this podcast, yeah. that shows you the distinction between foods. And because that's what it's all about. I mean, if we, we're, we're essentially, I mean, how the quality of our lives and what we think is impacted by the things that we're taking into ourselves. And people, I truly believe that people are more likely to experience discomfort. Obviously, you get disease, you're, mm -hmm. you're more irritable, and you get even on an emotional level when you're not eating healthy. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're so, we're so um, shaped by all these other forces outside of ourselves, from the, uh, the, the, the ebbs and tides of the, of the, well, I don't know, the, apparently the moon has an effect on this, our, our entire environment, and even the things that we're taking into ourselves. And I think if you can control that by having a, a good uh, intake on a good exposure to a good environment, mm. if you understand what I'm saying, you can maximize the, the health that you, you have. Yeah, definitely. But seriously, like I'm so freaking stoked the fact that you've um, I mean you've taken on this amazing diet and the fact that you're you're making this transition for yourself and um, yeah I, I just love the fact that you're devoted towards wanting to help people like that. Yeah. And I mean that's one one of the things I've always admired about you. Let me just get this screen get get everyone to see your lovely face over here because um, <laughs> I just realized I didn't have the uh, there we go there she is everyone no you didn't want. I wanted to see her face. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've always been involved in a lot of charity events. You recently did the World's Greatest Shave. I think that was last year, which I was did. a part of. I know. And you, you had this long, beautiful hair. And look, girl, you, you look, you look hot with your, your short hair right now. Hair. And I know the girls love their hair. I mean, I love my hair. I'm, I'm constantly like, Man, you ain't shaving this thing off. <laughs> I can only imagine how bad it is for, for girls. But you were willing to take all that stuff up to raise some money for, for cancer. And you, you did a fantastic job. Do you Thank wanna, you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that whole experience? Yeah, I mean, at that time, I did have people in my life that were um, dealing with terminal cancer. Mm -hmm. And... You know, for me, it's a big deal to take off your hair. Um, who I am now, it's not a big deal. But who I was then, it was a really, really big deal. Who are you then? Um, Supervision. Someone who... Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> someone just who leave was really so attached to her physical body. Okay. You know, I 
I, you know, a hair is a comfort thing. Your physical appearance, half the reason we go to the gym is to look better. Absolutely. It's a comfort thing. And, you know, when we put on a bit of weight, we don't feel comfortable. We feel um, very vulnerable, very, um, yeah, not as good about ourselves. And I think at that time I realized that I am on that journey to um, to go deeper. And mm-hmm. I was relating to myself a lot about, oh, nice little hair, pretty little girl. And I went, you know what, Mel, like... That is not you, and if you really believe that, you need to step up and um, and do it. And it, it, I felt extremely vulnerable, and mm-hmm. um, but I'd never felt more like me when it was gone. I felt like I'm getting closer to who I really am, um, removing layer by layer. And I feel like that's my whole journey in life is to keep removing those layers, absolutely, um, to keep experiencing my my inner nature and my true self. And I think, if anything, it makes you more beautiful, the fact that you can be so soulful like that. And you're obviously working up from this plane now where you were more in touch with your true self and you're not caught up in this physical reality. I mean, I, I always use the word beautiful to describe the, the inner nature of someone. And I, I, I think you represent that so well, the fact that you have this tr- a tremendous giving quality about you and the fact that you even share that with me, you know, obviously your vulnerability. That really is amazing because I know even my, myself, I'm a guy and uh, first of all, I'm very superficial, but I'm always kind of like, oh, my hair's kind of like, I don't know if my hair's right now, right now. Yeah. you know, e- even even having a shout and it's, my hair looking all right, I'm doing a podcast and Mel's coming over here, I got to make sure my hair's looking okay, you know, <laughs> and, you, and as a guy, you, you kind of, you, you know, guys work out and all that kind of stuff. I would imagine so, and be sure to correct me if I'm wrong, but mm. I would say because guys are not, guys tend to be more super, superficial. Um, how, how, do I, how do I say that? What I want to say is that I think girls tend to put more emphasis on their physical beauty than, than guys do. Because of that, I think it's a bigger deal for a girl to, to shave up her hair. Like guys wear as they're very caught up. Don't, don't get me wrong. Because but I mean, a shaved head could be a boy's haircut, whereas for a girl, it's really, that's not. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just think, I think, sense, it's, yeah. you know, I think it's a bigger deal. Because whereas, um, I mean, when a girl looks at a guy, a girl's deeper. She's got this whole a- attitude of, oh, you know, he's an amazing person, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and he's got a hot bod. bod. Most guys, and I kind of feel like I'm kicking, my le- I'm kicking myself in the leg saying this, they're, they're kind of like, yeah, she's hot. Yeah, it's cool. Let's go. Let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know what it's I mean? a so, fact, funny you say that, that yeah. men are really visual. Visually, yeah. Um, so, yeah, in that whole sexual arena, they're very visual, whereas women are more... Um, we're on an emotional level. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's a fact. So, yeah. So yeah. for a girl, obviously <laughs> taking, like, doing something that is to her is impacting her physical beauty like that. It is a huge deal, and yeah. I'm, I, I think it's an amazing thing that you did, and it's also more amazing the fact that you, you've identified with a part of yourself which is great, greater than this physical external beauty. Yeah. And uh, that's what I love about you, Mel. I'm <laughs> such, a, I'm such a suck right now. It's like everyone, come on, stop, stop sucking off, Krishna. Just get into what her, her journey was all about. <laughs> So you, you spent how long in Indonesia and how long in, in India? So a month in Indonesia and three months in India. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, after the whole thing, um, what was what was the shift? What was going through your mind? As in when I got back? Or well, when well yeah, when, once you'd finished, when, once you got your yoga course and you were, yeah, I guess, yeah, you were back in, uh, back in Melbourne. I mean, what did you take away from, from the whole experience? Oh, it was massive. It was the biggest... The biggest transformational experience of my life and you know i'm always up for a challenge um I, I love being under the pump i love people tearing me apart and and bring me back but this was something else i'm telling you it was you know normally you'd go to a personal development course or like a landmark thing or yeah. um something else but you go and then you can go home and and unpack it or or reflect on it and i think being in that space that it was just full on from 4:45 in the morning till lights out at 9:30 with no time to you're having breakthroughs you're having realizations about yourself and who you're being and and life and the world and people and you don't even have time to stop and um to actually reflect on that and that was super challenging um Totally ego crushing, mm. crushed my ego big time. You've been through a lot of that because I know you <laughs> went through the landmark forum, and yeah. if, if anything, I, I've noticed from that because I've seen so many of my friends go through it. It they they come back being completely selfless, soulful as frack, <laughs> and I mean maybe you, you could tell us a little about that experience first because I know you went through that, mm. and obviously that was probably a shift in your uh, consciousness uh, yeah, as landmark? well. Yeah, yeah, landmark was something that I yeah resisted going to, of course, as mm. we all do, and. 
ended up there. Actually, I have. I still resist it. Our <laughs> yeah. parents were like, "Come on, Krishna." It's strange. We know every time we go there, we're gonna get amazing things, and I never come out not getting anything great. Yet I always resist going. It's That's this true. Interesting. The thing is, I hate people selling things to me, and yeah. every friend of mine that has done that, right? First of, I I know a lot of people have done, it, and they tend to do the same thing. What's more, I come from a sales background. I know when people are authentically trying to get me to sure. do something, when they're kind of there is this other thing behind, other motive behind uh, why they want me to do it. Yeah. And they'll, they're like, oh man, you got to do this thing, man. I'll pay for you to do it. I'm like, whoa, you'll pay for me to do it? And I found <laughs> out later on that that was actually a, a suggestion. And I've had so many of my friends use the same kind of a, yeah. a, a pitch. You know, I'll pay for you to do this thing. This is how much I love it. Like, that is whoa. so funny you say that because I actually paid for three people in my life to do it. All right, well, um, you're obviously a lot more genuine yeah. than my friends. I, I don't truly believe my friends wanted to pay for me. I just thought that they would... Maybe I'm wrong. I think they genuinely did. Well, look, I... I think you're a little bit skeptical, Chris. No, I... I, I maybe, maybe I am. Maybe I am. But I did actually have a conversation with, with Chris about it, and I pulled him up on it because, first of all... <laughs> was he one of the ones... He was, it? yeah. I, Chris and I, we know each other very yeah. well, and I know the motivations behind some of the things that he does. Mm. And what's more, I... Look, bottom line is I think it would be an amazing thing to do without a doubt. I just have an you issue explaining. I have not done it yet. Wow. Wow. Oh, we, oh no. No, oh. now we're going to have a whole conversation. You're trying to get me to do it. And uh, here's the thing. I hate having people trying to get me, pushing me to do something. I was, yeah. and look. Nobody likes being sold to. Absolutely. But it's yeah. it's a fair amount of money. It's not like a, the, it's not like the, the some kind of cheap, you know, mm. thing to do. And you're, you're giving a tremendous amount of time. If someone gave me a book that I was completely the antithesis for instance was on Satanism they're like trust me you'll get some really good stuff out of this or like you know this is only going to take only a few hours of my day I'll do it but the idea of devoting a tremendous amount of time a whole weekend and a tremendous amount of money <laughs> I, I, I actually asked you know my relatives I was telling you about they came here they were like Krishna you must read the bible please it, it has all the knowledge you know, you need to know your art will become so much better I'm like alright well you know what you know what you're probably right it's such a great work of literature I should probably give it a shot but how about this the Bhagavad Gita is an amazing work, and you will I learn so much from that. You heard it? Yeah, we've, I studied the Bhagavad Gita. Oh my god, day. I freaking love you. We, <laughs> a woman after my own heart. I'm. Uh, That's I, what I, we're doing I, all day, Krishna. We it was um, all our philosophy classes were Bhagavad Gita, Vedanta, Sanskrit, and it was. That's what we did for probably six hours of the day, and the rest was meditation, yoga, and things, chanting, and you know. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of learning from all the different schools of thoughts. I mean, yeah. I I study sections of the Bhagavad Gita. I love the Talmudic scriptures, the 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 Quran, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I yeah, I was brought up as a Christian for a long time. But the thing is, people don't seem to be very open towards other ideas. For instance, when I suggested that my my relative read. <laughs> The uh, Bhagavad Gita, that I, no, 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 you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, you want me to read the Bible, but you're not even going to open your, your mind up to yeah. the possibility of it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's something to be said about that. That's true. Yeah, but it, it, it's just people don't really want to give up that amount of time towards investing in something. And it, I, I guess it comes down to what, you, what you're willing to give to try something. And whereas I know I should probably give it a shot... I just think it. <laughs> sorry, I'm just going to be frank right now. All right, all right. I think that um, you're talking about a lot of time and it, it's all in comparison. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, I just spent how many months there and my whole work was on hold. I didn't have an income. I, um, For me, that was a worthwhile investment. I actually mm -hmm. didn't know what I was going in, in there for. And I think that's where actually faith comes into play. You know, it's... I guess it's having faith in your friend, Chris, or whoever, yeah. and saying, do you know what, I have, actually have faith in what you're saying to me, because um, you're not going to know till you go, at the, really, you're not going to know, and mm -hmm. it's always going to be the case, but yeah, for what you could potentially get out of it, yeah. it's, it's worth it. No doubt. But no I'm not going to sell it to you anymore. I'm okay. just going to let you sit with well, that. Well, thanks for letting me sit with that. I'm. Ugh. Look, <laughs> if anyone was convinced, was going to convince me, Mel, be you. Um, but there is this other side to which I, I don't want to get into it, and it, it's made me a little apprehensive about it as well. I, I recently watched a documentary um, called Journey to the Land of the Gurus mm. that was based on uh, the landmark forum in France. And the French, if you're not aware, they're very intolerant of any kind of thing which even remotely resembles cult-like thinking yeah. and they're, they don't like being sold to at all. No. <laughs> and basically they were kicked out of that. I mean, they weren't kicked out of the country, but there was some kind of um, uh, law case going on as to whether or not it was a cult or something like that. And mm. basically they decided to move out because of this guy bringing a cam camera into one of the uh, the landmark forums, and it was a very interesting documentary. Um, a lot of stuff was uncovered about that, 
and just some of the t techniques that they were using I wasn't completely in line with mm. but once again that was in France everyone has their own different experience and yeah. it's something that I should probably experience myself before I start criticizing um, but we'll see we'll see yeah but I do love the fact that you're so open-minded towards things you know I, I just <laughs> I, I reached this point where I try to be um, I believe in the left brain and right brain paradigm yeah. like um, obviously you want to have a balance of being a critical thinker logical um, you want to be you want to live in the in the world but not uh, not be of it like there's this mm. beautiful phrase about that you know live in the world but be, be not of it and I try to do that as much as I can and I try to be caught up in rationalism but not tethered to this physical material world I still believe in the idea of muses and other realities and all that kind of stuff I'm yeah. still very open to that I believe in passion I believe in inspiration in motion in emotion um, I believe in being an open-minded but I still believe in the real world and if yeah. someone freaking gives me some alcohol and tells me I'm not gonna get drunk and tells me that he's blessed and that I should drink this stuff <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking I don't know about that there's certain lures and like if I jump down uh, this freaking cliff because of gravity just I'm probably gonna fall down just because I believe I fly I don't know if that's gonna work it's interesting they have this um I don't know if you have you heard of the um, Ganga River, the Ganges in the Gan India? Yeah, the Ganges. Okay, so that river, if you speak to anybody in the West or anyone outside of India, mm -hmm. you don't go in that river because... It's very dirty. This is where... So in, in this Indian culture, you when you're going to die, mm -hmm. you bring the dead bodies, which are not even fully dead yet, and they, you put them in the river and they mm -hmm. burn them. It's, it's such a um, spiritual... It's just the process that yeah. they go through. So anyone here to think, okay, I'm not going to go and swim in, an, in a river full of dead bodies. It's going to be completely contaminated. And mm -hmm. from that side, absolutely. But it's interesting that all the Indians and the people in the ashram were like, Melissa, that is the most holy water, the most pure water you could ever enter. Mm -hmm. And you will not get sick in it, I can assure you. Okay. And you could see that inner in a battle, you know, in me going, you know, uh, factually, I mean, scientifically, that is disgusting. And if there's dead bodies and I'm just floating around with all this contamination, mm. clearly I'm going to get sick. But then there's that other side of me that, you know, they've been experiencing this. They go in the river. They're not getting sick. They've bring other Westerners I know who've been in the yeah. river and they're not sick. It's a big river though. Aren't there, is there salt in that? Is it being, I, I don't know what the... the, the the chemical makeup of it is of a, of a river, but I'm guessing there's certain things in that that are obviously acting as some kind of like disinfectant for all the bacteria. Because it's right, um, some parts of it are right near the Himalayas, so it's quite pure water, but at the mm -hmm. same time there's that many dead bodies being burned in it, you'd think, and it looks, yeah, I'm not mm, sure. Yeah. So but I hear what you're saying. I, I truly believe there's an element of, uh, of I, I suppose some people might say, uh, placebo or the uh, consensus reality or the mm. observer effect going on, this idea that your thoughts and your feelings, the way that you believe, influence this physical reality. And yeah. I mean, the sheer fact of the placebo, I mean, it's, it's such an inherent fact that they use that as a form of scientific testing now, like a yeah. double-blind test, because what people believe something to be shapes their physiology. Absolutely. I mean, you've seen yeah. people that have been cured of... You, you, there is a classic video on YouTube of the cancer tumor dematerializing because these uh, these people are actually praying over it and obviously the person believes that it is having an effect on them yeah. and you see these shrink in real time yes. and even if you don't buy into that it is so much a part of reality now that we actually account for it in the scientific method Definitely. and if, if there's anything we learn about quantum mechanics I mean people constantly quote the observer effect mm. which prove basically that thoughts the simply believing that uh, a, a particular result of, of a particular result is going to that is going to influence the actual outcome definitely and whereas it, it's a bit of a contentious issue like i think it's very clear in this day and age that obviously the way that you feel about something is going to influence the result yep i mean i believe there are definitely other factors i mean it's not like the law of gravity just disappears it's like all of that is there but there are these other little factors that come into play as well like your belief and it's it's yeah. not like a little factor it's a big thing i think people you know, you see there's people in life that are really negative and, yeah. you know, they're, they're walking around life and this is always happening to them mm -hmm. and it's the same problems or they're actually out there creating that. They're actually out there looking for that. So mm -hmm. if you are a person to, if you look out in the world and you see a lot of negative things, you see, if you see sadness, if you see anger, that's because it lives in you. If you, uh, if you look out and see so much love and happiness, that's what you are inside. So it's just a nice check to go, do you know what? I'm actually creating what I perceive the world to be. And, you know, so that's why positive thinking is just so Absolutely. important. Um, mm. 
mentally and physically yeah yeah for your body too and even if you don't buy into that for the more skeptical people mm. obviously if you were in a happier mindset you're vibrating this higher frequency mm. or you're just you're just more confident you're more grounded i mean let's yeah. face it when you're when you're loved you're feeling happy you believe in positive things yeah. it it physiologically changes your state and in being in that state you're far more likely to do better things like i've always noticed that any kind of performance where it's I, i've heard, heard some bad news and there's a lot of stuff that i'm dealing with it, it has a constricting effect on your your ability to, to create art and when you are surrounded by love and, and positivity and belief in yourself, I mean, confidence is, is the hallmark of a, of a good performer, I would say, or someone that does anything well because you're able to get, get in touch with that, that higher aspect of you when you're vibrating in those higher energies. Yeah. And it's so true on that level. And even if it's not true, I, the believing in those things is going to make you experience positive things. I fucking love people yeah. that think like that because it's so inspiring. <laughs> I know, but it's it's a hard shift to be because mm -hmm. you know your environment, sometimes your family life. Um, since a little kid, you know, some people naturally my my glasses are either half empty or half full, and mm -hmm. some people have been like that since since they were young. It's always half empty. It's always half empty. Mm -hmm. And I think making that shift to start looking at things in a positive light, it's like any change. It takes it takes time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like changing a religion. You have this world view of something and yeah. and it gets shattered. But one of the things I admire about you is uh, you're constantly challenging yourself through different viewpoints and mindsets. And uh, whereas your your worldview may have been shattered in the past, you, you've been able to redevelop a new one and grow stronger from it and mm. continue evolving, And which that's what I think life is about. Yeah. That's what I'm about, like personal development. And I try to use that to... Uh, to represent what's going on in the other areas of my, my life by my cha my development in understanding who I am, let that come through in my art, mm -hmm. in my performance. And uh, if anything, uh, Mel, I, I love the fact that you obviously challenge yourself and you're willing, you're very open-minded to, uh, to throw yourself into these crazy <laughs> countries and, <laughs> and eat foods that <laughs> may just make your, your problem and stuff even worse. <laughs> But Mel, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I like to keep these things down an hour. I think we've gone a little over, but thank you so, so much for coming down here. I know your time is valuable. And, uh, Thanks for having me, Chris. Absolutely. I cannot wait. Do you want to tell people about your yoga courses that are coming up in the next uh, few weeks? Yeah, so anyone who's in um, Alwood or Bayside area, I teach traditional yoga in Alwood on Ormond Road. And... Um, yeah, you can get all the details on my website, melissamay.com.au. I'll be sure to put a link up on the on the site and, uh, yes, all the other amazing work that you do, put it up there. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Uh, I may not be able to make the full beginner session, you know, but I've been doing, I've been checking out some YouTube clips, y'all. <laughs> I've been working on my yoga skills. I can do like a full-on praying mantis, uh, snoop doggy, whatever you call it kind of move. I don't know what they call them. I'm just trying to sound like a yoga instructor. But uh, I shall get myself all legit up with that. And uh, I will definitely come down and check out your classes, you know. Because even, it, even yeah, I mean, it's just cool being around a bunch of awesome people, yeah, you know. Yeah, it is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, be sure to uh, to check out Mel's uh, amazing website. I think it's melissamai.com. Melissa yeah. And, uh, yeah, share this podcast if you enjoyed uh, listening to the amazing knowledge Mel over here was dropping. <laughs> Until next time, peace out. Keep it real. Don't drive and text everyone. This is Crucial Journey <laughs> Podcast. This is the amazingly beautiful, awesome Melissa Mai. <laughs> okay, no Bye. problemo. Boom, shut up. You put water Just in like your that. mouth. Okay. You're so it becomes a cup. You put water in your body. It becomes the body. You put in a teapot.